We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... It is Friday here on ABC Radio Sydney and across New South Wales, as well as a special appearance on ABC Radio Canberra today. My name is Dom Knight, and this is our weekly news comedy show. Thank God it's Friday, coming to you live from Studio 222 at the ABC Ultimo Centre on Gadigal Land. Of course, I'm filling in for Richard Glover, who's back next week. Please welcome this week's panel, Tommy Dean, Bryony Connell and James Colley. Hello. Yay. Yeah, yeah. I think yes. welcome you. Welcome, welcome you. I'm the interloper, aren't I, you really? Are. Welcome so, to you. Yeah. Hello. Hello. It's good to be here. Now, look, so much to talk about. And the first story, I don't think you have much trouble guessing. Let's just, just see who's been paying attention to the news. According to President Biden, which aerial phenomena aren't from China, aren't being used for surveillance and aren't a threat, but according to social media speculation, might be alien spacecraft. Well, uh, this is uh, where I'm from and what it's all about. (laughs) Space? Space. (laughs) Uh, I was born of aliens. Uh, I've been uh, known to listen to Joe Biden speak on occasion. We're going to take him down. That's my new favorite. Uh, these are the alleged Chinese balloons. One, I think, confirmed Chinese. Mm. And then alleged other balloons that are not of Chinese origin by launch. But I'm <laughs> guessing by manufacturer still could be connected well, to this, China. This is the thing. They shot them down. So presumably it's now impossible to work out what they were from the tiny fragments scattered across the, the ocean or wherever it is that they were yeah, shot down. It could well have been, uh, you know, something from World War One where the Zeppelin has only just made it. Like, if, <laughs> if you catch the wrong breeze over that ocean, it is going to take a while to finally invade America. The world's slowest Zeppelin from World War One. That's <laughs> a great theory. Valentine's Day. I think it's entirely likely that it could be some romantic hot air balloon ride gone astray. Oh. And it's just, you know... Ended in the wrong place. Someone across Sydney today got a skywriter to say, marry me, Sherry, or something. Maybe it was like that, and now the proposal will never happen. Never happen. We've ruined it. Oh. Devastating wouldn't, stuff. Wouldn't it be a treat to be a skywriter, and you just get to ruin people's day by writing something like, marry me, Janice, in the sky, and then anyone dating a Janice has suddenly <laughs> pushed it beyond the, the limit. Mm. Yes, indeed. Well, but I uh, was surprised at how quickly America jumped on the "let's shoot everything down" bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, the Republicans were pushing that hard, quick. weren't they? Just... I thought it would be a bit more reserved. Maybe you know, it seemed like the right choice to make. Let it drift across. We'll get a feel for what it is, <laughs> and then we might take it out. And then we balanced it wrong. We were like, you know what? That might be full of plague. What if China is sending a new, even worse COVID plague? And you're like, yeah, well, if that's the case, what is something you probably shouldn't do? Shoot it down. <laughs> yeah, Maybe it don't down. explode the giant Although I bucket did, of plague. I do, I do understand that they, they shot down the first one and they went, well, that was quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find as many of these as we can. Can you imagine, can you imagine if you're a top fighter pilot in the US? Like, basically, yes, you're, every you're top, day Maverick, Maverick from Top Gun and you've been training for <laughs> years. And the first kind of live ammo <laughs> gig that you get is a gently floating balloon. <laughs> I think that would be deceptively difficult. Yeah. It's like one of those arcade games. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's, know. Probably, it's actually really tricky, guys. So <laughs> let's show them some I respect. like to think they hope, I hope they still went in like full warrior. I'm yeah. going to lock on it. 
I've got a lock on it. Do I have a green light? Do I have a green light? Where's the target now? I still have a lock. I still have a lock. <laughs> Eagle 20. Fox 2. Still have a lock. I presume um, Tom Cruise has bought the rights for Top Gun 3. Um, my other theory was that Sky Whales had babies. It's just a lovely story. Of little, little, cause there's a, I think there's a male Sky Whale now that they made in Canberra. Cameron's will text in and tell me. Yeah. I, and I just think the, the spawn of Sky Whale floating beautifully across the sky. I would no say, longer. judging by the physiognomy of, physiognomy of uh, the Sky Whale, Certainly could feed a number of babies <laughs> at any one time. Easy to breastfeed. Have you ever brother. seen the photo? It's an ancient, hilarious television photo of the opposite of a beached whale that became a sky whale. This is like 50 years ago. Look it up on YouTube. Look up just exploded whale. Basically, and I forget oh, where it was. Yes. But a whale's carcass is on a beach, and the local community's idea to get rid of it is to pack it full of explosives. <laughs> oh, and everyone oh, gathers around no. to watch it vaporize. Because the feeling is, if we hit it with enough explosive, it would just vaporize. <gasps> yeah. And they all gather around. There's a new <laughs> reporter, and they hit the button. And for a couple of seconds, it looks like it has vaporized. Oh, my gosh. And then the whale meat rain comes. <laughs> My other theory was that Red Cycle had finally figured out a way of getting rid of the plastic bags by just floating them up, (laughs) getting China to shoot them down. So what do we need to do? I mean, we we in Australia, clearly the new frontier of the the war, the next war will be fought with balloons. Mm -hmm. Uh, What can we in Australia do to try and protect ourselves better from these floating menaces? Well, I think that Canberra is your hint here. Mm. And so Canberra is often attacked by flying menaces of all kinds every year. And what they have done is surrounded the city with wind farms, which gently (laughs) blow away any balloon headed for their territory. What a good... When you think about it too, Parliament House has an amazing anti-balloon spike on top. They knew what they were doing. That's it. It's not an accident. It's really great. Wasn't Australia one of the first people to ban lawn darts? Bring those back. Bring back back lawn darts. See, I really like this idea because if Australia gets totalitarian about this, if we bring back the whole, we'll decide what balloons arrive in this country and what circumstances under which they arrive, then our immigration policy becomes a game of (laughs) (laughs) keepy-uppy. I just think if we just deploy the nation's mean older brothers, they'll just pop them all. (laughs) Did you ever do this? This is a thing that we often did in American primary school is you would write your name and address and tie it to a balloon, a helium balloon, so you'd you know, get five of them at your school, and the whole school would go out and unleash you know, 500 balloons. Really? And the idea was, if you, in the card said, please write me a letter if you find this and tell mm. me where you found it, to sort of gauge how far your balloon went. Mm. But now I'm just wondering if there's a primary school in America that does that. And I'm picturing a scene where, like, suddenly the Death Star releases all of the TIE fighters. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining this poor kid somewhere in China who just really took it a bit too far, put a whole camera set up. Please just video chat with me (laughs) in someone in America. How far did this go? (laughs) Did you find it? I just got an idea for a great Banksy portrait. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm just thinking as well, if, if the new frontier is... Things that are at children's parties. What other technology might we deploy that's commonly seen? I mean, if the military are getting their ideas from children's parties, I, th- I can think of a lot of things that might be used. Absolutely, in many ways, life is a children's party, Dom. Yeah, yeah we're gonna have to, you want to, you know, bring in some sort of GPS guided, laser directed, pin the tail on the donkey. Yeah. Mm. 
You know. We'll play a fun game of duck, duck, cover <laughs> that'll globally. Do. That'll be great. I, I protect the population by the same method I use for my children's parties, oh, making yeah. sure that no one shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining if we give those balloons enough red cordial, they'll just sort of zoom around and then crash. <laughs> I think right. it's time for a game of pass the parcel, but the parcel is actually world peace. Thank you. Oh, that is, <laughs> that's you. a stunning idea. By the Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're the last person I'll do. Is that peace? I'm so angry. I'm so angry. <laughs> I wanted a tiny watch. All You're the right. other kids are crying because they wanted peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, I've been to children's party. Bluey had a whole episode on this. Every single kid gets peace at the... Back in my day, it was just one person that got the world peace. Anyway, uh, you're on Thank God It's Friday. It's 13 minutes past five here on ABC Radio, Sydney. Canberra and across New South Wales. I'm Dom Knight. Where's Richard? He's just off for today. Don't worry, he's back soon. We have James Colley, <laughs> Brian Connell, and Do people worry. Are there people worry? Oh, I don't know. Suspicious now. I've got texts. Or... I definitely didn't hide him in the big studio. It's fine, everyone. Look, he, all we know is he wanted to go on a balloon flight. Uh, it's very sad. Um, the talented Mr. Knight is filling in. That's right. That's right. Look, uh, following on from all this talk about it, China's. Balloon flotilla. NASA's deputy administrator has been in town. She took a brief break from concealing this ongoing alien invasion (laughs) to deliver a message to Australians this week about our space program. What does she want us to do, panel, uh, besides having a space program? (laughs) She wants us to join the United States as a partner in returning to, wait for it, the moon. Heard of it? Yeah, do you think they saw the dish and were like, yeah, maybe they're not so useless after all. I actually rewatched that movie a little while ago. It remains excellent. It's a good film. Yeah, so apparently we're going to join our statesmates and go to the moon. That's, that seems fair enough. Like the same moon as before, because there's a lot of moons out there. There's we could just pick moons. a new one. Be yeah. specific, NASA. That's what we keep saying. But they, say, they always say it with such glowing excitement because I think they know that we know... There's nothing else we can get to. Yeah, but also I'm like, okay, if it's so good, why haven't you been back there properly? Do you know what I mean? Why didn't you go for like a one week stay? Yeah. This is a Zuma thing that everything from like the late 60s is cool again. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the moon is just part of that. But also it, it seems fair, doesn't it? If we've got to go to Iraq and all the other American kind of missions, we've got to go to Vietnam, <laughs> surely we get to go to the moon. That's the good bit, right? Can I please be the ambassador to uh, in the moon? That's what I'd like. I think that would be a cool job. I that really think... Australians are suited to be the Michael Collins on any kind of Apollo mission because we, we're happy to go along, but we're not getting out of the car. Like We'll, we'll sit here with the radio on, listening to the cricket. You guys go out, step on the moon. Just We'll, we'll swing around and pick you up on the Have other side. Have a little side. stretch of your legs. Come back. So the big message from uh, Deputy Administrator Pamela Melroy was to speed up. She wants us to uh, help, help compete against China's rapid advance into space and, yes, to be a partner in returning to the moon. I'm just wondering what would a distinctively Australian space program look like? And what would an Aussie spaceship resemble, do we think? Oh, well, we already have them. They're the big things. That's why we yeah. were building these. Why did you think we were building They the look like prawns. <laughs> oh, my gosh, this big banana's got to go airborne. <laughs> I'm just imagining kind of fluffy dice in the capsule. Yeah. Uh, and it's two words, space bogans. Space Bogans, mm. Bogans and Space. Oh, like the old, um, what was his name? Great Melbourne comedian, uh, a late 90s. Oh, anyway, he had a great joke about uh, the, the big moment would just be 
the Australian astronaut trying to put his arm out the window. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm really thinking, kind of, hey, we're going full speed now. Get your arm out there. Let's go. Yeah, you can, Let's go. You can tell it's an Australian space flight when the rocket going out and the rocket coming in have both parked just outside the <laughs> Earth for a chat in the middle of the world. <laughs> oh, good day. Oh, space donuts. How would that work? I don't know. Well, that would be the argument, wouldn't they? be like passing the tubes around and be like, hey, mate, you want to try this Vegemite tube? No. <laughs> too much. Space Vegemite. Yeah, it's true. You have to yeah. crack oh, yeah. that you, little mystery. You have to have a space food stick out of a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Who would we send up, though? Who would be the first Australian astronauts? Any of you volunteering? I mean, Bridie's going to be space ambassador. I sure am. It's going to be a really cushy job. I can't wait. I personally, I think we should be smart about this. I think Robert and Bindi Irwin would be good shouts. Because Wouldn't they? What if, what if there's like some cute little moon critters? You know, we can get... Don't laugh. It's a possibility. <laughs> Do you know that there aren't moon critters, James? Yes. I, <laughs> I mean, it's based on physics and, and what we know. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying not tiny, tiny ones, but of the size that they like to interact with. I'm just well, saying the Irwins need—they need size. Irwins are not like microbiologists. <laughs> Look at this tiny, unseeable thing on my skin. That's true. They can't jump on so, the back of a yeah, bacteria and put a top rope around its mouth. I think you underestimate the power of Robert and Bindi. All right, I do. I probably do. Any other candidates for a first Aussie astronaut? I think we should use this as a kind of taking out the trash problem here. Oh, really? like, so, like, you know, if you've ever been on I'm a Celebrity, good news, you're getting out of here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, who's on the space program, but Osher Ginsburg is definitely emceeing the whole thing, oh, right? Mission 100%. Control. Mm-hmm. Do a great job. Well, I felt like, too. you know, similar, but a uh, slightly different tech. But the same idea was that the problem with it, it is the moon. We've been to the moon many mm. times, so we need something to draw the eyeballs. So it feels like this is where we get home and away back. Oh. oh. Oh, like, like the it. sudden reunion, home and away, returns. <laughs> away is underlined. Yeah. <laughs> get, get Alf up on a flaming so rocket. Good. <laughs> I always thought that um, Rove Live should actually be Rove Lives, a challenge show, <laughs> where we find more and more extreme locations and see if Rove can live there. So maybe we start <laughs> with Rove Live. If you're listening, Rove, let us know what you That's think. That's right, the Mars Rove. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Tony Abbott, both because, I mean, he's very fit, but also imagine the foods. Just send onions, a bag of onions. He lasts for months. All right. We've, I've made it here. Time to come back. Oh, we're good, mate. We're, <laughs> you, you stick to the moon. We'll see. Maybe we should send sports people. I do believe that if Australia had a really, you know, thriving uh, community going on the moon soon, then they w- it would take no time at all to start, you know, the cricketing moon league. Oh, like the, it would the, the cricket ashes. Be a, the cricket ashes. Mm. The zero gravity could either oh. be a huge advantage or disadvantage. But I think maybe we should send some sports people for that reason. Do you know the problem with travelling to the moon to play cricket? Yep, the Can't only play one. spin. Oh. <laughs> All right, this is Thank God It's Friday around New South Wales, ABC Radio Sydney and Canberra as well. Just coming up to 20 past five. Dom Knight here with Tommy Dean, Brady Connell and James Colley talking about the week's news. Final question for the panel about what happened this week. Why have maggots and rats been spotted in Sydney unit blocks this week? Could they be on the hunt for cheap rental properties? Maggots and rats sounds like a sick house party, Dom. Cool. <laughs> Getting maggoted with a rat. Yeah, yeah, man, I want a girl. 
Uh, this is uh, Waterloo and Paddington uh, specifically, which makes sense to me. As a Penrith boy, whenever I'm in Waterloo and Paddington, I walk around and look at these maggots and rats. <laughs> think they're better than me. Uh, this is a huge amount of garbage has piled up in uh, Paddington and Waterloo. I'm talking again about just my personal feelings of <laughs> the good people listening from so the So do you towns. mean rubbish or do you mean you don't like inner city people? I don't like inner city people, Dom. <laughs> it's not my, my personal taste here. But uh, I would say that uh, so currently there's a garbage strike. Mm. Uh, we are wondering what to do with this garbage, how to get rid of it. And I have a trick that the environmentalists won't tell you about. Oh, Ooh, excellent. Go on. You can put it in the ocean. <laughs> it doesn't belong to anyone. A little sea turtle will take it away from you. He'll find a, a, a string of plastic, wrap it around his little neck and take it out to sea, and then it's someone else's problem. Yeah. Just like Tommy's similar. primary school is going to find, all those turtles are going to find the balloons from Tommy's primary school. <laughs> but it's the same. It's similar. I'm like, I grew up on a farm, and the way we got rid of rubbish was we burned it. So just burn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take a pit out the back. Then it's in the sky. The sky's endless. Just, yeah. just fly it to the US in a balloon. They'll take care burn. of it. Vaporize that stuff. This is I our think space we've solved program. it and saved the climate. You're welcome. <laughs> also, but- why are they just going on strike now? I don't know. If I was like made to hang off the back of a moving vehicle <laughs> to get to my next task, I'd have been having words years ago. Wait, you mean I have to do this again next week? This is terrible. <laughs> I've got oh, I've got a lot of angry texts, actually, about... Uh, to, just to let you know, in the city of Sydney, under Clovermore, our rubbish bins have not been picked up for three weeks now. So mm. people are very, very angry. Surely we can do some more. I, I was thinking selling it as an artwork mm. could work. Mm. If you just... It's sort of in prison night clothes. Just don't reveal its origins. <laughs> it's an installation work. Love that. It's a witty comment on urbanism. Filled with metaphor. I love that. I don't know. You know the phrase, one man's trash is another man's treasure. If there's, yeah. there's heaps of trash, we just got to find that one man who's yeah. got all the treasure <laughs> in Paddington. Because treasure hunt is a go. And it feels about- like with all the, the construction that's going on around the Warringah Freeway and stuff, you know, it's close enough that they they should be keeping a tough eye on their skips. <laughs> a lot of late night skip filling. Wait a minute. Where'd all these Arthur's pizza boxes come from? I genuinely do worry that Paddington trash would be so much nicer than my trash. Oh, now yeah. I have trash comparisonitis. When, when hard rubbish hits Paddington, <laughs> it's, it's a great week for me. <laughs> We're about to get, I think, 78,000 visitors for World Pride uh, is the um, is the estimate. The TWU, who's organising the strikes, predicts that there will be, and I quote, garbage chaos on inner city streets during World Pride. Mm-hmm. It kicks off today. So what's the plan? If the rubbish is still there, how can we try to spin this to visitors as being, I don't know, a charming feature of, of Sydney rather than a terrible failure in, uh, in oh, the organisation? I've got this for you, and it's something the environmentalists won't tell you about. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to get uh, the World Pride participants to take it home with them one at a time. It's a very simple trick. You wait till 3am and you say, anyone want a bag? That's right. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. I see what you did there. Very nice. Uh, Oh, I was just going to say, I think you're right on the money with with pretending that it's just part of the cultural landscape of Sydney Mm. and that it's an art installation, but perhaps we go even further. Maybe it's not a a flock of bin chickens picking through the trash. Mm. Maybe it's our newest urban wildlife sanctuary. All the rats and, and ibises that you can see and the maggots, we are just protecting them. Yeah. It's uh, beautiful. <laughs> Egypt has the Nile. We have the Fred Nile pile. That's <laughs> <laughs> a very, very good idea. Thank God it's... Thank God it's... It's our news-based comedy show here at ABC Radio. Sydney, Canberra and across New South Wales. 
I'm Dom Knight. Our panel is Tommy Dean, Bridie Connell, and repeat advocate of killing wildlife with rubbish, <laughs> Mr. James Colley. Or as we're known collectively, Dry Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good name for what exactly? Are you an 80s metal band? Yeah, that's a good one. It's so good. It very, is very not good. a visual medium, but dear listeners, you should have seen our facial expressions when we just heard in the weather then, oh my gosh, Dry Lightning. <laughs> I've heard of greased lightning, but this is ridiculous. I've heard of white lightning. (laughs) I've heard of riding the lightning. (laughs) I have never heard of dry lightning. Deeply exciting stuff. You know, as you get older, it just gets the lightning gets a bit dry. It can be a little awkward. You've got to to moisturise the lightning. All right, let's take things even classier here. Um, Now, in Prince Harry's autobiography, Spare, uh, he confessed many things, uh, many Mm -hmm. things were surprising things, including that he very glamorously lost his virginity in a field behind a random pub in Wiltshire. Now, the owners have been joking and perhaps even planning to install one of those round blue English heritage plaques to commemorate the historic event in their field. Uh, Panel, should they? No. No. I mean, just based on my own experience, if I had to put a plaque up everywhere I had sex with someone, oh, my God, how would you get around? It'd be like walking the the famous... Strip outside the Chinese man's Chinese restaurant. Just spread out. Oh, look. And your handprints in each spot. <laughs> Here we go again. What was he doing in the broom closet? <laughs> what? What was he doing in the pantry? Tommy what? was here, and now with that thought, no one else ever will be again. <laughs> you used to call it the spice rack, but now it's the Tommy Dean Memorial Afternoon Snack Break. Each should come with a time code as well. <laughs> Tommy was here for two minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> you flatter me, sir. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't think Prince Harry's experience was much more fun than that. But um, look, my question is, what places from your past might deserve a special blue plaque? Tommy's kicked off the topic, but it's not just, um, you know, when you had your first time. For instance, in my case, I'm imagining a blue plaque outside the RTA in Camaray saying, here, Dominic Knight failed his driving test on five consecutive occasions. <laughs> um, stuff like that. What do you think, uh, James? Where would we put up a plaque for you? Penrith? Oh, I believe, yeah. In, yeah. in the entire city of Penrith. <laughs> just you look at Google Maps, it's just a giant plaque with James Collie's It would be moment. all the places that I tried and failed to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> James tried to hit on a girl outside this bar, this one. There's a lot out the front of the Hoyts. <laughs> the Hoyts? <laughs> oh, wow. The Hoyts of Roman. I had the misfortune of actually reading Spare. And I Did think, you? Yeah, I, I read through Spare. I, you know, I will say the salacious things aren't so much the ones that make news headlines, mm. but his statements that, like, Prince Charles, now King Charles, wears way too much cologne and you can smell him coming whenever he's a whole way away. That's the damning stuff. But I think um, Prince Harry's personal crown jewels, let's say, appear quite a lot in the mm. book. So maybe that's where the plaque should be. <laughs> I, think, I think the words you can smell him coming also used about having sex in a field. But anyway, um, yeah, when there was the whole incident with the with the... He had frost frost, 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 mm-hmm. frost nip, yeah. Yeah, his his southern pole got bit at the North Pole, yes. Oh. <laughs> it almost became a blue plaque itself. It yeah. <laughs> but let's take this slightly closer. This just doesn't have to be. Uh, our sexual history is a little. It can be if we want. Bridie, where are, you, where are your plaques going up? Where would I put a blue plaque? You know, I would put one outside the um, lecture hall at my university on my very, very first day of university, and I was very excited because mm. I felt very grown up and sophisticated. I made my way to my first class, which was an English lecture, 
and was talking to some cool boys outside the lecture hall and trying to impress them when I leant nonchalantly against the fire safety system and accidentally set off the fire alarm and had to evacuate the entire <laughs> lecture hall on my first day. So I would put a blue plaque there. Oh, wow. Did you pick it up and go, I'm just too hot? Or... <laughs> oh, no. I ran away and never came back to that class. <laughs> that is an amazing thing for a plaque, but also a film adaptation. Like that's the, that's the beginning of an 80s comedy that tells your story. Oh, yes. Maybe one day I will... Meet those cute boys again. Mm. Do you know what we call it? Is Runaway Bridey. Runaway Bridey. Very, very well done. I'm, I'm thinking uh, the first and last time I ever played a rock gig, you mentioned it before, James Colley, Manning Bar, mm-hmm. where yeah. I managed to get booed off the stage by all the, <laughs> the kind of metalheads who really <laughs> were not interested in uh, not interested in my attempts at sensitive pop with my friends. That didn't go down so well. That's another place that I could put a blue plaque in my history. Um, in my uh, high school band, yes, I was cool. Hold for applause. We entered, <laughs> we entered the the local battle of the bands. We didn't win, but we got highly commended. That's good. And thank you very much. Um, we got highly commended, and so our prize was a professional gig at a professional venue, <sighs> which was very exciting. And it turned out that our professional venue was our local KFC at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. So that's where my rock and roll career started and ended. So I'd put a blue plaque there. I got one for Mulgoa Road, Penrith, where uh, I first tried uh, in high school to have a ponytail for a day. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't a big one and ended up being attacked by two magpies at once. Wow. (laughs) I mean, kudos to the magpies. That's pretty good going. How do you think the, the negotiation went down? Like one of us gets the ponytail, the other one gets the whole rest of, the, of James Collins. <laughs> There's I, a worm, kill it. I put one at Ocean Street at Bondi Junction where mm. I made my first real hill start of my career. Oh, That's wow. good. That's good Sitting going. Sitting there in a manual. It was 1996 and I was facing up the hill and there were very expensive cars behind me. <laughs> that really was the will of death. What about other places that should potentially be honoured with uh, a blue plate? We heard about a fast food joint uh, yeah. shot while ago from you. And uh, TJF, a guest of the past, Dan Illich, once placed a plaque at a well-known uh, fast food outlet in Engadine, uh, <laughs> that we might recall. Any other, uh, that probably should have been a brown plaque, shouldn't it? Um, <laughs> any other landmarks around Australia, really, that could, could perhaps have a blue history plaque? We don't do oh. that enough. Oh, there is this, I don't know if you guys have seen it, there is this stunning bridge that connects the Sydney CBD to the Lower North Shore. Like, that is divine. I reckon we should celebrate that. I don't know what's going on there, but I, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. What is that place? That's, I love that in the AFL they have GWS playing um, their swans and it's always called the Battle of the Bridge. Right? Oh, like, which, which, which bridge? bridge are you? Is this an Anzac? <laughs> Gladesville. Are we, gets it. Are we talking about the Nepean Bridge that connects Emu Plains? <laughs> yeah, presumably they heard about the Subway Series, which is the Mets yeah. and the Yankees in New- like, we can recreate the magic here, the Battle of the Bridge. <laughs> See, the, the Central Coast have this, right? Central Coast and Newcastle and the A-League have the F, the Battle of the F1. Yeah. And they have a pylon of concrete <laughs> on the F1 that you can win. Fantastic. <laughs> That's very, very... Well, maybe they meant the Tippy Cotter Bridge, the world's most unsuccessful bridge. <laughs> For those who know it, it's a very obscure reference, but I'm sticking with it. Um, well, earlier in the show, I'm going to play the audio. This deserves a plaque, I think, uh, for the shortest career in Australian political history. We're broadcasting on ABC Radio Canberra uh, today, and this was the place where Mal Meninga oh. began his career. This is just a complete excuse to play this clip. Beautiful Because it's the best ever. Please ignore the wacky comedy music underneath it. I was just a person out there but making sure that I was... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm buggered. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm 
I love the presenter. The presenter just goes, that's all right. Oh, I love him. And that Lazarus also did it and got in. Oh, like. yes. And his, wasn't his logo for the Glenn Lazarus team like a football or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the brick with eyes as a nickname for Hennigan. <laughs> we need more footballers in Parliament. Roy and she in the Senate would be. Any other landmarks before we move on to the Wheel of Death uh, panel? <sighs> this I mean, studio I mean, where like this segment really made out everything, but it just feels like at what point do you just say that was just passing folly? Uh, I want every single video easy and civic video because I always oh, yeah. point it out when I go past anyway. I'm like, that used to be a video easy. Or oh, every Pizza Hut. You know how you see the roof oh, of a building yes. and it's a pizza hut? There's clearly one that's a, a Pizza Hut. There's one that's a crematorium and it's the funniest building <laughs> in the world. Oh, no. Just keep the oven. It's fine. <laughs> and on that note, let's move to the Wheel of Death. Woo. Now, Tommy Dean, let's see what our audience have uh, have given you uh, to uh, the text line's gone nuts actually we have uh, milkshake chewy stink bugs those are three separate topics not one topic uh, wombats beetroot earthworm jealousy gone with the wind colonoscopy whiteboard markers that's very meta uh, paddle pops bartering turducken chatbot and we're back to milkshake again. Great um, list. Who wants to spin the wheel, Bridie or James? <gasps> oh, Bridie, please. Yes, what? please. We've never been allowed to oh, do that. Richard, I'm allowing you. Richard never what? lets us touch the wheel. <laughs> Uncle Richard's. Uh, Uncle cool Richard's. Dad. Now, look, just before she does that, someone's texted in. Hi, Dom. What's the point about slinging off at Penrith? Have you ever been here? Sir or Madam James Colley is Penrith. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have you know I'm not. I'm. Glorifying Penrith, if anything. 2750, talk, sense, and get hit, as they famously I mean, James are. has been trying, as long as I've known him, which is a few years now, his entire career to just cash in on having genuine roots in Penrith. Exactly. I don't think he's really I, from I, Penrith. I had no genuine roots in Penrith, I can tell you that much. <laughs> you don't know Mark Geyer. <laughs> there would be a blue... I do know Mark Geyer, actually. There would be a blue park if I had had a genuine root in Penrith. All right, there you go. <laughs> Take it away, Bridie. <laughs> Round and round the wheel goes. Where oh it stops. man! If that Whoa. was if that was a gambling spin hole, it again. That's a brand name. We can't fired. have it on the ABC. Get out of here! I'm boycotting paddle pops. Isn't it? I, I just said it again. Name. I thought it was a nature paddle pops again. Turducken, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy Dean, what is take a turducken, it away. But a meat paddle so pop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, if either of you want to get up and spin the wheel during the segment, feel free oh. just to make it interesting. <laughs> Okay, Tommy Dean, take it away. I do like it. I, uh, Turducken is, I think, one of the greatest sort of gifts to... It's everything in one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's everything in one. Like, uh, it's the original Hot Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, if you're thinking, I, you know, imagine the first argument. I want to I wanna have turkey for dinner. Ah, oh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm thinking chicken. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about chicken. Uh, like a duck. Duck would be good. What? Wait a minute. Now, environmentalists won't tell you this. <laughs> you don't even have to kill them before shoving you them don't. in. <laughs> in fact, if you put the right things in the right order, the duck will put himself right in there quite happily on his own. The chicken, a little harder to wrangle. Isn't that human sensitive? So this just feels like a Henry VIII-style banquet, the way you're describing it. I think maybe that's where it began. But it's like a purse inside a purse inside a purse. Mm. And they all go so perfectly well. And the best part about it is the duck's in the middle. And from a cooking point of view, the problem with both turkeys and chickens is they tend to be dry. Mm. They are dry meats. Mm. Whereas the duck evolved to be pure oil. 
Yeah. Dry lining, like, as I call ducks, it. I, I call them Saudi Arabia. Ducks are the Middle East of the foul. <laughs> I just, do remember they just saying, got all the grease. Someone came up with a low-fat duck that was only 42%. Yeah. <laughs> they, are, they are the original improvised explosive devices. You just light their tail and throw them. Boom! Completely flammable. <laughs> so dangerous. It's a very good question, that's, actually. That's if you, you got it big enough to duck and could it sort of float above the United States in a oh, balloon-like we, we pattern? We do it at Macy's Parade Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, up there yeah. in the sky, it's yeah. a duck. It's a turkey. It's a chicken. We're all right. Yeah. We used to always do, because they always have the giant turkey. They do have a classic giant turkey mm. balloon that floats down Macy's Day Parade. And that's been a joke for years that you just slowly wanted it to actually just have a chicken pop out the back. <laughs> <laughs> a duck pop out the back. That's going to be an interesting parade this year when there's someone at the front from the military just popping them all off as they come down. <laughs> I'm just, I don't, what I don't understand is it, because it works so well. I don't understand why we haven't done it with other creatures. Yes. And I don't know what all three would be, but I'm imagining there's got to be like a, like a, like a cow pig goat. Like, yeah. a, like a goat inside a cow, inside a pig. Mm. Like, just squish those three together. Probably cow would be the outside, and we'd put the pig in the middle, again, for the lubrication. <laughs> and then the goat, the dry meat. I right think this is just a classic case of just because we can doesn't mean we should. <laughs> you are describing my nightmares in vivid detail, Tommy. <laughs> well, now that I say it out loud, it occurs to me that that is, in effect... What the hot dog is. <laughs> <laughs> we just ground up all the other animals and shoved them into the intestines of a pig. That's all sausage. Now that I think about it, sausage is yeah. just easily consumed turducken. Just <laughs> to r- wrap it in a level. sheep stomach and it's haggis, the food of my so ancestors. Good. All right, beautiful work, Tommy Dean, surviving yeah. yet again. The is there no thing in the world that will anger vegetarians? More than what we have just said. <laughs> oh, and to be clear, I'm not a vegetarian. No, but I just that think we should take like a little. Let's take a little. Is there like a little addendum? Mm. And what's something that they could put together? Like we could they, they get a, oh. like a courgette. Mm. Yeah, don't they? Like do, bell don't they stuff yeah. things with? Yeah. Don't we'll they stuff bell peppers in an hint to make them more flavorsome with rice? Yeah, with like ground them. beef and <laughs> minced pork. <laughs> You're talking my language again. Yeah, I love that. It's just like, well, you could have just killed one animal yeah. for this dish. Instead, we're going to kill three. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a salad oh, yeah. if it was it's unified. It's a mass killing. No wonder it was invented in America. <laughs> I want a kind of taronga platter. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you, if you had a crocodile, which had already eaten other things, exactly. it would be a self... Perpetuating to Duncan. <laughs> this sounds like the story of the old woman who swallowed the flies, says someone on the text line. Let us move on to one more story I want to address here on TGIF. Dom Knight here and the panel, Tommy Dean, who just did the Wheel of Death beautifully for us, Bridie Connell and James Colley. So, a Redfern woman named Chantel Schmidt, hello Chantel, if you're listening, made headlines this week after her landlord increased the rent for her share house from $1,900 to $2,600. Per fortnight, a 37% increase. Lucky thing. She (laughs) shared photos of water damage, cracks on the wall and floorboards that lifted away from the floor. And the letter from the landlord said, oh, this is to bring rent in line with what the current market was achieving. And uh, (laughs) noting that my friend Andrew Latouf says talking about property is boring. Wasn't she lucky to get such a bargain in inner city Sydney? (laughs) 
She actually is lucky because once uh, one of my dodgy uni sharehouses, we got a rental increase of 40%. So 37%. What a steal. (laughs) I actually got a call last week and it was my real estate agent asking, and he, he phrased it this way. How would you feel about a rent increase? And then I feel we can skip this question. Let's move on to the numbers because you can get. I'm not going to be like, do you know what? I was just sitting about thinking I should pay more. <laughs> I was feeling guilty. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, th- but I mean, there are so many dodgy rental properties in Sydney. We had oh, one yeah. that had a we had a housewarming. This, this place had shag pile carpet that it was a museum of of dust, basically. <laughs> and there was a sliding door, and they'd forgotten to put. The um, you know how they put little markers on the sliding door so you can yeah so cue the middle of the party someone walks right through the sliding <gasps> oh, <no>. door <laughs> it wasn't safety glass it was sheet glass <gasps> oh no it's nothing like an ambulance to really make your your house party go Whoa. off um Bridie would know this because she's a, a, also a survivor of it my uni <laughs> share house was called Doom, Doom House, house. <laughs> Doom <laughs> it very much lived up to the name Doom House there was regularly holes in the wall mold on the roof and when we finally left Doom House uh, we got a call 2 weeks after from the lovely people who took it over from mm. us and they said um uh, your and they used a, a sh word that I won't repeat on the radio but they said your is here and we we're like oh we cleared everything out and they said no no no, the pipes have burst <gasps> in the backyard. Oh. <laughs> Doomhouse lived up to its name. Did they put that in the listing? <laughs> uh, rent beloved Doomhouse in what, Red, Redfern or something? Where Another blue plaque potential, Stratford. I think. Mm. Yeah, Doomhouse. <laughs> I believe it's been swallowed by the earth now in the way that the end of a horror film where it just Actually, disappears. Poor people in Mascot Towers having their buildings mm. such a Doomhouse should have. <laughs> just wanted to be free. That's probably what the pipes were doing. Exactly. Yeah. My dodgy, uh, do- well, it wasn't so much Doom House as uh, <laughs> mm. Landlords of Doom, this share house that I lived in a few years ago, um, where we had, look, lovely landlords, but they had more faith in their DIY abilities than they <laughs> should have. We'll put it that way. And so they would always, you know, come in and tear down a wall and create a giant dust storm and do all these mm. things. And one day I came downstairs I won't lie to the good listeners. I was a little bit hungover and I came downstairs feeling a bit sorry for myself and I walked into the kitchen and I thought something is not quite right, but I couldn't quite place my finger on it. And then my flatmate Tyler came downstairs and was like, when was our kitchen painted yellow? And sometime in the (laughs) night while we were out at this party and then came home to our white kitchen, our kitchen became yellow and they'd come in in the middle of the night and painted it. (laughs) Deeply terrifying stuff. Did you have to pay? Was that the rent increase? <laughs> Yellow kitchens are more expensive. Woo-hoo. What was the basis of that? Um, spring makeover, I <laughs> yeah, guess. I a lack I, of medication. You can't ask a logical question for something like that. that is, that's fantastic. Do you think the problem is that we've made the title landlord too cool? Yeah. Oh, Who would right. want to be a landlord <laughs> if it was like a parasite? Isn't that a better name? A scum, yes. Yeah. That's true. But I think Not what makes it worse is that, we put businesses in between them. You know, if it was literally the landlord you were dealing with, but in almost all cases, you're dealing with some sort of management company mm. with uh. all the little Weasley in-betweens. And so the landlord can give out his, you know, directives yeah. and the management company has to do it. Informed like when I was in America with my son a couple of years ago, we rented a house, but the, land, the landlord um, lived two houses down. Oh, So I just oh. kept going down. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> I was just wondering, uh, should water be shooting out of the back? 
the way it what he just come down and get a wrench out hey the door's not opening oh yeah fix 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 hey kevin hey kevin kevin hey kevin one of the interesting features of doom house is the front of the house was a separate property which was a doctor's office owned by the landlord which was both interesting to run through problems but also when you were feeling unwell you then had to do the maths in your head, the cost-benefit ratio of the convenience of a very, very local doctor's office to how much do I want my landlord knowing about my current health problems? There's a rash. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a good point, Tommy. I think we're looking at property reforms in the election campaign. Maybe if a landlord wants to put a rent up, they should come and stand in the middle of the property, the doom mm-hmm. house, if you will, and explain why it's worth 37% more. I think, I think, oh, to bring it in line with market conditions might sound a little bit hollow <laughs> as the floorboards collapse from I underneath. I strongly vote for that yeah, policy. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think You're that in. could work very well. Very well. Uh, winners and losers of the week, please let's run through a few. I will say my winner of the week, I'm going to give to my nan who turns 95 tomorrow. Woo! Trisha, congratulations. Uh, Where's lose, the twist? Loser of the week. Also my nan because <laughs> I'm going to be seeing Penrith play the World Club's Challenge tomorrow. <laughs> Catch you for 96, nan. <laughs> Terrible grandson. <laughs> Although, you know, represent your Penrith uh, bona fides exactly. again. When was the last time you were in Penrith? Uh, about a week ago. <laughs> All right. Bridie? Uh, my winner of the week is actually an inanimate object. In fact, it's a letter that was written in February 1916 that only this week has arrived at the address that it was mailed to uh, 107 years ago. And it's a quite an interesting glimpse into I mean, life that's... in 1916. That's my winner of the week. That Although, wait, wait, where did they find it that they could... Well, it's the same address. No, no, no. The letter itself. Like, it's well, it's funny you ask because my loser of the week is British Royal Mail, who lost <laughs> a letter for 107 years. But aren't they kind of a winner because they still somehow kept it around? Yeah, but what else are they keeping around? <laughs> I mean, just that's one or two years before the end of the letter as a medium. Well done. I think Australia Post management will be listening to that and going, no, that's not that bad. You were yeah. actually quite good. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. The letter said, look out for King George V. He needs to know. <laughs> Tommy. A big winner at Canberra. Let's call it out. The nation's capital. Always a winner in my eyes. Mm. Uh, Not only for just getting a chance to glimpse at the fun that we have in Sydney on a Friday (laughs) right here, but tomorrow night, Saturday night, multicultural festival comedy right there in the Big Civic Theatre, and I will be representing all of America. Which, as you know, is one of the world's oldest cultures. Mm. So I am very excited. So bring a balloon, and Tommy will <laughs> shoot it out of your hands. Actually, that would be great if someone. If you bring a, a, a balloon with something written on it, what should they write on the balloon for Tommy? In the well, that's what I put to him. Though I said, you know how I want to enter stages. I want to come in like in a theater fly. Like, <laughs> yes, balloon, come in high, and then the sound of a fighter jet yeah. missile streak, and then just hit the stage. <laughs> I think you should well, just sort everybody. of float down up style from the rafters. That would be that. Okay, more. just before we go, more gigs. Brady, what's coming up for you? Uh, yes, I'm performing next week at Improv Theatre Sydney in Redfern in a really super fun musical improv show with uh, a lot of really cool people. It's going to be super fun. Excellent. And uh, James Colley, you wanted to mention Penrith again to yep. pretend to be working class? Uh, <laughs> environmentalists won't tell you this, but you can dump whatever you want in the Nepean River on your way to the World's Club Challenge <laughs> oh, no. tomorrow. In Being played in Penrith. Being played in Penrith versus St. Helens. I will not be on the field uh, unless you're listening. Uh, Ivan, if you want to put me on. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Thanks for joining us. James Colley, Bridie Cottle, and Tommy Dean. This has been Thank God It's Friday. Richard's back next week. Thank Jones God Sutherland for that as well. <laughs> <New time. laughs>